fact, I said it before and I'll say it again. That scene, that last scene. What does it mean? I'm the dude, you know? Get the fuck out of here. No, no, I cannot. That final scene starts now. Hello and welcome to That Final Scene, the podcast where we dissect the most memorable endings in cinema history. I'm your host, Sophie, and joining me as always are my co-hosts, Ben and Simon. How are you guys doing today? Good. It's too hot. It's too damn hot. I think I'm so <laughs> energized that the theme tune felt really sluggish and slow, but it's just because I'm really intense. I, did someone, I was saying to someone that we were recording doing a heat episode and they were like, why are you doing a heat episode? And I was <gasps> I like, well, because that. we've talked about it a couple of times before and also it's just so fucking hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a movie called Cool? Cool Runnings. Oh, Oh, we should okay. do... I mean, there's not much to talk about the ending of Cool Running. <laughs> Massive cool. <laughs> yeah, such a great movie, though. Oh, God. God. I feel like this is turning into a Steven Seagal podcast. <laughs> so funny. That's Listen, okay. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. Um, well, I feel like we have a TBT nostalgia moment to go through because yeah. before we just started talking... Uh, started recording, sorry. Uh, ben, you brought up the iconic... Xena Warrior Princess. Yes. Yeah. Give Which us Simon the, yeah. had never heard of. I can't believe you have never <laughs> heard of it's Xena. Because, and, I would have been about 10. Yeah, and I'm I'm like, what, six years younger than you, so I would have been four, and yet I know Xena. She was a dream. <laughs> so that means you watched it. Like, I was probably watching. I I remember it used to be on after school, so I'd come home from school at like two or three o'clock. You so know, it that, was for kids then. It, no, it well, wasn't for it's kids. Live it action was, though. It's not a cartoon. Remember when like Sky One used to have like Stargate? I never SG. had Sky Ben. Ah, well there you go. So you mean, I wasn't I a Sky had, child. No, we were, I was, <laughs> I was a privilege. Sky child. But like just <laughs> dripping with privilege. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> dripping privilege of having Sky One, having four channels instead of three. My God. The minute I left home, my mum and dad got everything. Like, <laughs> so annoying. But I was so surprised, yeah, because I thought it would be like your level of your level of cheese. It's just a I think you would love program. it. Like there's well, just so now. much to appreciate. It's a it's very it's a feminist you know TV show when feminist you think about work, it. Yeah. yeah. What was uh, her like um, co whatever your friend. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. The, the description of the show is fantastic. I mean, it's Xena, a mighty warrior princess with a dark past, sets out to redeem herself. She's joined by small town bard Gabrielle. <laughs> Together they journey the ancient world and fight the greater good against ruthless warlords and gods. I mean, Ooh. who doesn't want to watch you that on TV that show? That reminds me of my favourite TV show when I was a kid and it's called Maid Marian. Do you ever remember that? Is that the is that that is that like a Robin Hood spin-off or something? Uh, yes, exactly. Okay. But, it's, but the protagonist is like Maid Marian, this girl character, and she is like a kind of Oh, wow. She's a, she's a feminist hero, actually. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it was really cool because they used to let the kids sing along to the theme tune as they as it faded in. Why do I have a feeling there was a musical episode or something done like that? Well, yeah. it, but, well every show, like Buffy had a musical episode. Like yeah. I'd say, I think a lot of shows back then had like a musical episode. Ben, I yeah. loved Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you know what? Weirdly, I, people have said to me that I should go and watch, go back and watch Buffy because it's really good. But I have, I've mm. never... It, it was like my, I remember my aunt used to watch Buffy all the time. Hmm. And I think it was just a bit too, like when I was like four or five and it was on TV, so it was a bit too old for me. But I feel like if I went back and watched it now, I'd appreciate the like 90s nostalgia of kind of shitty CGI and mm, Like Firefly. Oh God, Firefly. So, Firefly <laughs> so was so I don't good. know oh, well. Firefly is, yeah, is like the, the guy who created Buffy. It's like him doing like a space sci-fi TV show. I only, really cool. I only got one season yeah, and it became like a cult show that everybody went crazy that they cancelled it. But yeah, there's loads of TV shows that make jokes about it being like uh, <laughs> in in community, they make a joke. It's like, uh, oh yeah, if 
one of us dies, we're going to stage it like a suicide for the unjust cancellation of Firefly. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, people are really intense about well, they Firefly. Even, like, to, even after they made a movie out of it. Yeah, it has a still, huge yeah, fan Yeah, it has huge a huge fandom. fan base, yeah. yeah. Because the movie was basically just an extended version of the, they, of the pilot. They basically reshot the pilot, extended it a little bit to give everybody an ending rather than the pilot finishing and them going into a series. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Would recommend watching Firefly mm-hmm. if you want some like good. It's really like well written sci-fi. It's quite good. Also, Happy Pride Month because I'm yes. pretty sure that Zena and Gabriel got it. Like, got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One thousand percent, they were a thing. Okay. One thousand percent, you could tell. Who doesn't love a small town bar? Um, you know? <laughs> they were a dreamy couple, to be fair. Uh, ben, I know you told us before we started recording that you've been watching a ton of films. Yeah, I've been so watching a ton of highlights. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, so Ellie was Ellie was away over the weekend, so I basically spent the whole weekend either watching sports or watching movies. And so I watched Creed three because that's on Prime now. You'd seen Creed two already? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd seen one and two. Thought it was okay. It's all right. As somebody who works for a company that shows boxing, it kind of glamorizes boxing in a way that it's not as maybe as interesting as Creed makes it out to be. But how does it stack up to the other two? Uh, better than the second one. I don't know if it was as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. I think the first one was 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 quite like a good kind of. I like I like the fact that they're moving away from like I'm sure Sylvester Stallone is pissed about it, but like they're moving away from Rocky to make it its kind of its own thing. So like I think Sylvester Stallone was in the second one, yeah, and in the second one he's fighting like Drago's protege from Rocky Four. Whereas this one, they're kind of trying to get away from it a little bit more, and I thought it was good. Then I had like a Kevin Smith mini marathon where I watched Dogma yeah. and then Red State. Him. Dogma with Alanis Morissette. Yes, Dogma with oh, Alanis Morissette as God. Yes. Yeah. So, so I, Ellie, I I love Dogma. Like it is one of my favorite films. Really. But okay. I used to try and f- it's so hard to find online, and for ages I was looking for it, and then Ellie just found it on the website at the DVD and just bought it for me. And she bought it ages ago, and I've been kind of sitting, kind of waiting to be like, "Oh God, when do I watch it? When do I watch it?" And I watched <laughs> it over the weekend. It's it's what is it fucking about? Brilliant. I've never heard of it. So it's about um, it's Matt Damon and Ben Affleck play uh, the Matt Damon is Loki, the god of death, and Ben Affleck is like a, another kind of angel, and they basically have been banished from heaven, and they're trying to wake the, make their way back in. And uh, Alan Rickman, who is another angel, comes and basically says to Jesus's like long distant relative that you need to go and stop them. And she's helped along the way by Jay and Silent Bob from the Clerks movies and Chris Rock, who plays the 13th apostle called Rufus. And genius. That it's sounds fucking hilarious. brilliant. There's so, like Jason Lee's in it. Salma Hayek's also in it. What? Um, what's your, J- Carlin, Josh, what's his name? Oh my God, the really famous American comedian. And it's just, it's, like it's, I think it's my favorite Kevin Smith. Film. Like I really like Kevin Smith, and it's probably my favorite film of his. It's just so ridiculous and so funny. Um, and oh yeah, man, shame it's not online. Like I'm surprised. I will, with all I will loan names. you the DVD to watch yeah, it if you would like. Me. Yeah, it's yeah, it's please. so fucking good. DVD player. No, it's I'll a, it out. It's, <laughs> and it's like it's a Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are brilliant in it together. Like mm. they are so good as like a little kind of like that was be early on in their partnership. Isn't it? Yeah, they're really young. I mean, it's like yeah. 95, 96 because mm. Ben Affleck had been in a couple of other Kevin Smith movies. Like he'd been in Mall Rats and stuff. Mm-hmm. so I think then they got him from that and then the two of them just I don't know if it was before or after Goodwill Hunting it's probably around the same time maybe a little bit after and then obviously the two of them just went huge but would recommend that and yeah then I watched Red State which is his kind of like horror movie which is quite 
interesting. It's like uh, you know that you know the Louis Theroux documentary on the um, that America, the most hated family in America. So basically, this is kind of a horror movie with with that kind of take on it. Um, and it's it's yeah, it's again, it's really weird, but it's really good. And then I watched Heat and all of Blackadder. Wow! Not all of Blackadder. I didn't watch season one. I watched seasons two, three, and four because they are the they are the best ones. And I didn't watch the Christmas special. What one? You know where he goes back in time. Yeah. Uh, Did you? Were you um, still moved by the final episode of this? Oh, the final war. So talking of final scenes, and actually, we should probably do the end of Blackadder as a final scene at some point. My God, it's amazing! It's incredible! It's so emot for for a comedy series. That's really irrelevant, like reverent and 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 kind of like tries to laugh away anything, like laugh in the face of really serious things. Like the whole fourth season is set during the First World War and in the trenches. Yeah, and it's like really awful, but it's about like the plucky nature and like laughing through everything and kind of really cynical humor. It's a testament to how emotionally like involved you get with it because it's basically mm. like watching Amdram. Yeah. It's so moving. The sets for it are so small because it was all done on like sound, small sound stages. The sets are really tiny, especially the fourth season. It's like, it's really cramped in. They're in these tiny little, like they're in the trenches and it's really closed in. And I've listened to them talk about filming the the final episode and what they said about it was they filmed it once and they were kind of like, I don't think any of us have like the emotional or the physical energy to try and do that again. And they were just like, let's just leave it. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it at that. And then it's... Yeah, they did one take of going over the top and then yeah. someone came up with the poppies Yeah, the idea. poppy field, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, just, it. it just fades into this, the, the poppy fields in France or in, in Belgium. And it's, yeah, oh God. It's How fantastic. would you put it to our listeners? Blackadder. Yeah. It's, I think Blackadder is the quintessential British comedy. I think if you yeah. want British TV comedy and... I would go and watch that because it's it's some of the funniest people in British comedy at their beginning as well. So like you see Rowan Atkinson, Hugh Laurie, Stephen Fry, Ben Elton, Richard Curtis, when they were all really young. Ben Elton and Richard Curtis are both massive history buffs. And yeah. a lot of the history in there is very, very accurate, even yeah. though it's very funny and silly. A lot of it's really clever. Yeah, and it's it's also like it's re- it's short, like it's six episodes a season. So it's really like easy to watch and digest. Cool. Well, speaking of shows that I've rewatched a thousand times, but I'm not sure I'm going to anymore because I don't like <laughs> the new seasons. It is a Black Mirror, so I caught up on the latest season. Okay. Five episodes. Um, are they? How long are the episodes? It varies. So the third one, which is the best one, with Aaron Paul and Josh Harton. Hardness, sorry. Yeah. Uh, they, it's the longest one. It's okay. like an hour and a half almost, but it's great. It feels like a mo- proper movie. Yeah, I heard that and, one was good, and the one with the girl from Shit's Creek is supposed to be good as well. Yeah, I, yeah. So the third one was like Beyond the Sea. It mm. was the best, and it was like a very Black Mirror sci fi, like Austrian, as like just like a very interesting story. Uh, and it really played with tech, and yeah. I don't want to say too much, but that was great. The first one, Joan is Awful, that was the, with Annie Murphy and Salma Hayek. Annie Murphy, that's her name, yes. Annie Sorry, Murphy. I remember. It was Black mirror I thought it was interesting. It wasn't like the best Black Mirror episode, but I was like, okay, it fits the mold. Mm. The other three are not Black Mirror episodes. I don't know what happened to Charlie Brooker. Like, he went all in on horror, so I don't know if you're going to like that, Ben, because it's just... Yeah. Not really a horror guy. But. It, it's not even horror and tech. It's just horror. It's like... Uh, like slasher movies. 
Yeah, what's the what's the guy I'm blanking? Who did uh, The Evil Dead? Sam, oh, Sam Raimi. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's his kind of show, yeah. which is strange. So the second one is about explores through crime, right? The okay. fifth one is about uh, something supernatural, and the sixth one is about again something like supernatural and retro. That was uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie. Have you seen the movie Sunshine, the Danny Boyle film? Yeah, yeah. When they're trapped on the spaceship, trapped on the spaceship, going towards the sun. That was my biggest problem with that movie was that it was this really interesting sci-fi story for like an hour and a half, and then the last thirty minutes it becomes like a horror slasher movie, and it's like ugh. yeah. So the tech angle is gone, which is surprising right. because. I thought that's what Black that was Mirror was what all he about. Into, yeah. yeah, like Black Mirror, like our TV, our camera. So among those lines, anything that it's a black screen essentially. But yeah, it, if I could boil it down to like, what's the theme of the season? It's more about like horrible people doing horrible things. Like it, it just yeah, there's it kind so of, many TV it, shows like that. Yeah, right it, now. it does speak what you can do in for the sake of like spectacle, like vanity, or like things like that. I mean, yeah, give it a go. I know. Simon, you haven't watched it in a while. You have you haven't seen the not for seasons. A couple, not for a few years. Yeah, I think it, I think it just didn't. It never felt the same. I didn't realize they were going to gonna rinse out loads of episodes of it. I thought it was just going to be a, a very small run, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, I mean that was the BBC vision, I'm sure. And to then, be honest, I I haven't really dedicated time to it since like season two, maybe. Like I don't think, or maybe since it went to Netflix, I've never really sat down and watched. Did you see the interactive? The interactive the episode. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I, even that was then wasn't great. I got the I like I got it was just too much of a gimmick for yeah. me. Like I, I I understand why it's a nice idea and that Netflix gives you gives you the ability to do that, but I just thought it was it was just a bit too gimmicky for me. Yeah, yeah. Like I think for me, it it will never be as good as like that second season, like you know where it's the woman and she's trying to escape the village and she can't work out why, and then it turns out mm-hmm. she's committed this like horrendous crime mm-hmm. like i can't remember what the episode is called but it like it never gets better than that and that first season as well because it was so different to everything that was on te- like i still remember talking to people about that at the time and everybody being like oh my god like have you what like that was that the one with the, the prime minister and the pig and, and that yeah. season something and, the nations that i can't remember the exact title, yeah, yeah and then there was and there was In- like the donald gleason episode where you are where he's is it he's dead or his girlfriend's dead and like yeah there's yeah, the hologram yeah. and stuff like that and it was yeah it was just amazing white christmas with john Hatton. like yeah. yeah incredible like san junipero incredible yeah. episode yeah i mean it's just amazing um so yeah do what's beyond the sea the third one mm. i think you're really gonna like it as then. like a, watch sure. it as a standalone. sci-fi standalone yeah you're yeah. really gonna and aaron paul and just hard they're hour, incredible four-hour train journey ahead of me tomorrow so maybe i'll maybe i'll watch it <laughs> start, yeah start with that and maybe the second yeah give, give them a go the, yeah the okay. f- four and five are meh okay yeah Simon, what's your highlight from last well, week? Well, I was going to cancel my Now TV subscription post-succession. <laughs> um, Oops. Fair. But yeah. then I had a little bit of a look at Barry. Good. Oh, I thought you were, yes. Nice. I thought you were going to say Idol. The Idol. Oh, yeah. The what? I feel the like idol. I need to watch like an episode or two of that to form an opinion The Idol. Ben was talking about in the last episode. This is the one I was episode. talking about a couple of weeks the back. The, the weekend TV show that's about like uh, an expose of the music industry. Yeah, it's supposed to be awful. No, it's it's dreadful. The acting in it. Just watch some of the clips online of some of the acting in it and you'll understand. It's horrible acting and writing. Let's go back to Barry. Go back to good acting and good writing. It's cool because he's obviously suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder from Afghanistan. From the war, yeah. And so therefore you give him license to do what he's 
doing, which is how, pretty shocking. How far into it are you? I'm, I've watched one season. Okay, nice. Series. Yeah, the end of that first season. My God, I really didn't expect that. It's quite mad and dark, but also quite poignant at times. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think Bill Bill Hader is, Phenomenal. who plays Barry and like writes the show, mm. is... Is he underrated? Maybe, maybe, maybe people will say to me, "Oh, Bill Hader's not underrated." But I think, as like, as he's just a comedy genius. Like the guy is so clever. If you watch any of his stuff on SNL, like obviously I know there was a lot of them writing at the time, but like his performances on SNL were just amazing. He's so funny. It's kind of like he's playing someone on the spectrum a bit in mm-hmm. yeah. Barry, isn't he? He's quite sort of awkward. I, and, I would. Yeah urge you to go and watch his impressions videos on youtube oh, because yeah. his impressions are <laughs> so incredible funny. he's so good and actually considering we're doing heat he does an amazing al pacino it's so good <laughs> he's so funny yeah i really like the bold guy who's the uh oh the yeah the guy who talks like yeah. that yeah. 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 yeah he's really good no hank no yeah. hank no yeah I hope you get the he gets the Emmy this year because he's, he's nominated been, for he's best been, supporting actor. What's yeah. his name as an actor? What's uh, his real name? Something Cardi- oh, Cartrigan. Cartrigan. I mean, I don't quote yeah, me that, but sure. yeah, uh, but yeah, he's incredible. He's fantastic. Yeah, so unique as well. What's this? It's a movie. No. No, I liked it. No. Can I say something? No. I don't get it. What don't you get about it? So uh, we asked our listeners a couple of days ago the question, what's one movie you walked out of and why? (laughs) And I have to say, this has been our most popular question to date. We've got over 150, maybe 200 comments and counting as of today. I tried to read every single one of them, but I'm sure I missed a few. Some interesting themes for sure. A lot of Fast and Furious, a lot of Aronofsky, a lot of Avatar <laughs> mentions. <laughs> yeah. um, but many of the movies and the reasons that people kind of, I don't know, like gave up on certain films made sense to me. They were kind of relatable. Um, but I want us to go through as many as we can mm-hmm. so I can start. So our friend, comedian of cinema, never walked out before, but nearly did during Jurassic World Dominion last year. Just awful. I've heard I've heard the worst. Dude, that's, like, not, that's not surprising though, is it? No, you know what? The first Jurassic when World was actually good. Yeah, I enjoyed the first I, Jurassic I enjoyed World. I the first, yeah. But to mess it up when you bring back the original gang is like... But I think that's doing? exactly... Are they ancient? Yeah. Yeah, so what? But I think that's the problem though. Yeah, that's the just problem. They, don't need to, they, did, they didn't need to bring back the original gang. They should yeah. have just kept it as they were. Like, I think... I didn't see it either, but from what... I mean, in the trailer, they just kept showing like... It seemed like they were trying to recreate scenes from the original Jurassic World park where sam neill would say something and then chris pratt would be yeah. going to say the same thing and be like, so oh, oh my god we're, oh my god it's like we're the same person oh. yeah that was so cringy <sighs> off, come on yeah what a feeling i don't have their name so what a feeling says miami vice colin farrell was supposed to steal my heart what they stole instead was the good money i paid for that movie ticket yeah <laughs> dreadful <laughs> film absolutely dreadful um uh that was in Colin Farrell's handlebar mustache phase. Colin God. Farrell. Yeah. yeah, it just, yeah, it's not yeah. good. He was a Hollywood hunk and not acting very well. Yadra C, uh, Tree of Life, haven't, physi- <laughs> haven't physically left the theater, but my soul left and she wasn't happy. <laughs> what is Tree of Life? I feel like oh I Oh my God, it's a, Terry Gil- it's a Terry Gilliam film. Oh. So that tells you all oh, you okay. need to know. With Brad Pitt and Jessica Chastain, and it's the slowest oh, film. It's okay. a kind of like fountain, very meditational. Yeah. Let's look at a tree for like twenty minutes, sort of film. Okay. Uh, poor Terry. Poor Terry. He's had a tough time as the director, hasn't he, Terry? He has. 
my, my favorite one is I, this is from Zane's Brains. I was 11 when the first Avatar came out, and if I had paid for my movie ticket, I would have walked out. <laughs> <laughs> I have another comment from Ramblombreras. The first Avatar just wasn't into it, but I mean, I was also on a date and I was 16. <laughs> So again, it's like Avatar forced you to watch the film just because you were not of age. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Um, Angel M2448. I almost walked out of Fast X due to the sheer stupidity of the movie, but I'm part of the problem because I just have to know what happens next, stupid or not. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Hashtag so family. Is, so is Angel M2448 going to go to the next two movies? Because they have two more planned for this. I think it's his version of Halo. You know, he's yeah. going to hate watch it till the end. <laughs> you got to do it. Sometimes you just got to stick with it. What do you do? Uh, and another one that I have was kind of funny... Uh, yeah, it's me, fools. That's the name. I almost walked out of on Lightyear. Uh, did any of you watch that one, Lightyear? No, the, the the Pixar the one. Chris Seven, no. Yeah, uh, that movie was so boring, and I was just on my phone the whole time. Unfortunately, I paid a good amount of money, so I stayed until it was over. I was the only one in the theater, so I guess I should have taken that as a sign. Yeah, I think the one I related with the hardest was the B4-2 Maximum, which you actually tagged yeah. me in, which is don't ever want to do that. But the one film that made me even consider it was Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I would point out though, B4-2 Max, what you should have done is walked out of Last Jedi and that would have told you you don't even need to see Rise of Skywalker. So don't even fucking bother. We had a few people say The Last Jedi as well. Dreadful film. Um, Dreadful. <laughs> I didn't walk out of it, but I wish I had. The premise of the film is the world's slowest car chase, and it's fucking awful. My <laughs> God. The, sorry, the world's slowest car chase in space. Does that count as a Star Wars film? Yeah, it, it, well, it is a Star Wars film, yeah. But the whole, like, it's, oh, God, I wish I'd walked <gasps> out of it. Someone's written Fargo. Really? What? Someone said Fargo. Yep. Why? The critically acclaimed movie with a completely absurd cast of characters was horrid awful. Oh my god! We did have a few hot takes. Someone said La Land. Someone else said Actually, everything everywhere all at once. La La Land, I've never got past the singing on the motorway at the beginning. I'm not. It's a, sub- good, it's a good opening scene. You didn't me. like that. I didn't, well, I don't know. I wasn't in the right frame of mind. Okay. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, which is a bit. No, yeah, fuck yeah. off. No. I get it. Like, I thought when the credits came up halfway through, I was done. <laughs> I had to sit through another hour of it. I did like this. This close to walking out of Babylon, some of the most mind boggling nonsense I've seen in a while. <laughs> it's so divisive. I'm dying to see it. It's so bad, and it kind of only gets worse as it go on. And you think you've seen everything. Out pops Toby Maguire in the creepiest role of his life and you couldn't be less ready that's from a dot stadel thank you a dot stadel that's a great comment it's just a bad movie i guess you could say it does some things well but it doesn't do any of them right a movie with a pov shot of getting shit on your head by an elephant (laughs) a sex worker getting peed on and then ODing two minutes later margot robbie being bitten by a snake cutting its head off and sucking out the venom then making out with her savior eating a bunch of nasty looking stuff then projectile vomiting on the party host all to be crowned by some hardcore rat eating fetish performance None of these things are even really relevant to the movie. And yet that's what remains imprinted in your mind. <laughs> we need to hire this guy. Yeah, fucking hell. You should, this guy should be writing letterbox reviews. Review. That's yeah. a brilliant review. My God. Uh, Filthy Vampires has nearly walked out of Alien Covenant. Dreadful film. But the room was pretty packed. So I was embarrassed to leave. Would have been less packed. I would have run the fuck out. I want to normalize walking out of the theater if it's not serving you. Like why... What? Why have a terrible time until the very end? Now, here's 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 one that I think is this hits home for me. This comment Oops. because I specifically remember the bit in the film that they're talking about when they say this. 
So Trevor Copter says, I would have walked out of Watchmen, but my friend was my ride. Um, <laughs> that movie remains my least favorite superhero movie. And then stuff about Zack Snyder. And then he says, he glorifies everything. The original story dismantles and it truly baffles me how so many brilliant people think the film is brilliant. And then there's Hallelujah. And the Hallelujah scene oh, in that film horrible. is so like uncomfortably awful. Crazy. It's a sex scene with Hallelujah playing in the background. And it's just like, That's oh my God. So crazy. It's like, a, it's like a dystopian superhero movie, but it's shite. It's really it's, bad. There's a much better TV show, actually. Yeah. Um, but the guy who the wrote Graphnel Laws. The is great, but I mean, Zack Snyder just, yeah, ruined that. But, Inherent yeah. Vice. Someone didn't like Inherent Vice. Interesting. It's a polarizing film. It's not for everyone. Don't worry, darling, someone says. Mm-hmm. It's a mediocre story with little depth, loose ends, and strange choices. Well, listen to our episode, and yeah. you will find out that I felt the exact same way. <laughs> we'll link it to it in our show notes. <laughs> the film has potential, but doesn't lift up to it. And after watching, I was really worried, darling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I love all the answers because it kind of yeah. like they show how funny our listeners are, and like how I don't know. And I also love how they're talking to each other. It's like yeah, a playground <laughs> right now in the comment section. Yeah, so cool. Any other highlights, Simon, that stood out to you? Someone said Hateful Eight. Too much talking. Hateful, <laughs> I, do you know what? Hateful Eight. Like, Hateful I hate eight. those films and loads of talking. Hateful Eight was too long. That was my problem with it. Too Way long, too long. And too, it's fair. Too much talking. Yeah. yeah. Not much action. This is uh, Stephen. The, the only movie I ever walked out on is Regarding Henry. Have you guys ne- seen ha- that? I haven't heard no. of it. And I've seen a lot of bad movies, but Harrison needed to pass on this one. Is it Harrison, Harrison Ford film? Ford? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I Maybe. Guess so. I don't know. It sounds like a Harrison Ford movie. Really. Someone mentioned a Sandra Bullock movie and it's not it's not the about uh, all about Steve, Steve. But the Sandra Bullock movie I wish I'd walked out of was the blind side. Luckily I didn't have to because when I went to see it in the cinema, the reel exploded in the camera, so the whole screen went basically oh look it looked like lava and we had to leave. What? Yeah, I was really glad because that movie was so fucking dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I still maintain that Sandra Bullock has to give the Oscar back for that. She did not deserve it, but <laughs> what can you do? Friggs eighty one says, Act of Valor, a movie with real navy seals acting why i thought it would be so good i don't know it took about 10 minutes before i realized it wasn't a documentary (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny oh god why did newman newman is an island cloud atlas i left for 10 minutes out of extreme boredom then psyched myself up to go back and sit through the end (laughs) listen i feel that one yeah, I've heard Cloud Atlas is dread. That's the that's the difficult. Tom Hanks it, movie. Isn't yeah, it? it's not a bad film. It's a difficult. Film. It's like the mount. It's like the Fountain, which again we've had a few people say the Fountain Mother, like our top, bottom, <laughs> Aronofsky films, like <laughs> very difficult and I, I don't want to call them dreadful, but they're just difficult and yeah. they're not for everyone. Have either of you walked out of anything? Yeah, I think I've said before, A Silence, the Scorsese film. I don't think it was a bad film. I just thought it was very slow and it was it had it had a sort of like meditative uh, look on Jesus Christ. And I'm like, I can't watch a three-hour movie about monks. Like, that's yeah. not my vibe right now. Fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, probably. Yeah, I know Comedian of Cinema, like, uh, Tim really loves that film. So I guess it's good, but just not for me yeah, a lot fair. of the time you've got to be in the right mood haven't you it's like music you have to. it's like if someone sends you their favourite track and they make you listen to it because they love it so much and you're yeah. like I'm dude I'm not in the mood you can't yeah. suddenly like snap into enjoying it and you have from yeah me and Dar- me and my friend Dara walked out of Horrible Bosses too because Iconic. it was it, it's a comedy movie that is completely devoid of laughter in any way shape or form was it a mutual yeah. was it a group decision yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were, I think at one point we were just like we just yeah. We just go. They're like, we just leave. 
and we just got up and left. I think we were the only people in the cinema as well, so that helped. If we'd been like in like a packed row, <laughs> maybe it would have been slightly difficult to be like, sorry, yeah, excuse me, sorry, sorry. But I think the fact that we were there on our own, we were just like, this is fucking That this makes is it shite. so easy. Yeah. And it was just so unfunny. It was it was disappointing because the first horrible bosses is all right. It's not too bad. You know, some laughs in it and assume there would be laughs in the second one. But it's not it's not funny. Mm. Don't worry. Don't see it. It's not good. Wouldn't. Never. Noted. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So thank you all for sharing your response with us. If you want to join in on the conversation in our next episode, make sure to follow us on Instagram, that final scene, and look out for our next question. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Kit. Oh, look, a message from our sponsor. G.I. Jane 2. Can't wait to see it. Nah, yo, hold my poodle. Hey, yo, what's up? Y'all got a problem? Y'all want some of this? Without much further ado. Here we go again. Let's do it. And we're back. Uh, we're back with the uh, iconic film with the most i i like to think it's one of the most iconic shots of all time the final shots of all time that is heat the 1995 is that correct i'm making it up Uh, sounds about right sounds about right uh directed by michael mann al pacino robert de niro val kilmer amy uh, brenneman i'm not Brenneman. yeah i love her she's so good in this film uh okay tom sizemore john voight oh yes it's a huge cast ashley judd danny trejo's in it as well william fitchner natalie portman's randomly in it as well i completely forgot that she's in it yeah i forgot about her side story which was tragic side note and random fun fact the guy who plays wayne grow kevin yes uh he who looks like buffalo bill from silence of the lambs well he he did Jail time a few years later. Oh, really? I, I just didn't have time to look it up. Like, what for? He and has that glint in his eye. Well, he does. And the funny part is he did jail time for two years and he, his nickname was Wayne Grow in, in prison. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> he is, he's a terrifying character he's in that yeah. terrifying. film. He's terrifying. He's terrifying. He's really scary. He's brilliant. Okay, so to set up the plot real quick, it is a crime thriller that follows this, the story of a group of professional bank robbers led by Neil... Macaulay? Is yeah. that yeah? Played by I Robert mean, De Niro? Neil. Ne- Fine. <laughs> Neil. Yeah. And the dedicated LAPD detective Vincent Hanna, portrayed by Al Pacino. The movie follows their parallel lives as they plan and execute a series of heists while also dealing with their personal relationships and problems. The movie is famous for its realistic depiction of crime and police work, as well as its epic shootout scene in downtown LA. It also features the first on-screen meeting of Pacino and De Niro, who had previously starred in Godfather Part Two, but never shared this scene together. Mm. I hadn't realized that, but it's true. Cool. So, uh, before getting into the final scene, how do we feel about this film? I know Simon, you have seen it a few times. Does does it change? Like, does your perception change? No, yeah. it never gets old. It's, I try and ration health when I watch it. It's a bit like Home Alone in that respect. Mm. I don't want to spoil it. You, I mean, what do you mean? We are spoiler what, territory. Want, well, if I watch oh, two times, oh. watch it. If you watch it, <laughs> I don't two even literally. Oh, no. so I see. Also, what's interesting is the set design hasn't really dated too badly because you know the way um, Vincent, you know, is in this really trendy the minimalist apartment. apartment and yeah. I remember when I first saw it when I was probably a kid, I thought that was cool, and now yeah. I still think it's cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's because I haven't moved on. I mean, but. yeah, it's the kind of, yeah, it's interesting because yeah. the kind of person that doesn't get attached 
eh, too many things, just like a yeah. nomad in a way. It's not digital nomad, but more like a nomad of his own life. So I get that aesthetic. Beautiful. But that's because of who he's, his partner is, isn't it? The, the reason why the flat's like that. Well, he doesn't have a partner. Neil but, doesn't have a partner. I'm talking, didn't I say Vincent? No, Vincent. no you said, oh, I thought you said Neil, sorry. No, no, no Vincent, Vincent, sorry, Vincent. Vincent. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, because yeah, Vincent's with his new partner and she's got this amazing yeah, his wife. apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben, what what do you think I, of I the, yeah? It. It's so yeah. good. It's just... Oh, it's like, it's, it's the perfect amount of over the top. Like it's like, it's like really good action scenes with two brilliant performances from, um, Pacino and De Niro, but like also just a little bit mad at the same time. Like when, when Pacino just like, there's a couple of scenes in the movie where he just goes mad and it's like, it's so erratic and so weird. Like, but it's brilliant. It's just so good. And Val Kilmer's great in it. Yeah. Like, I can, I really He's understand, like, having watched, like, I haven't seen it in ages. You, He's like, such and, a lovable bank robber. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but actually, and knowing, knowing now that, like, when they had planned a sequel that it was going to be around Val Kilmer's character, you can see why. Like, you kind of want to know oh, what he happens off, to Chris because he? he drives yeah. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, I like the way it's stitched together with quite a lot of depth. So you get, you get these moments of, extreme action but then you actually learn quite a bit of the backstory of the different characters mm. and and those scenes are done with this really kind of serene drone like soundtrack that's quite calm mm. and it's kind of as cool as that flat and as cool as the shots of LA look and it's really yeah. stylish like I really enjoyed just the visual feast yeah. of it yeah the music is just incredible even though it doesn't have a traditional like score it's kind of like waves it's just pulsing underneath mm-hmm. all the it's time like a drone, yeah. Yeah, it's like a sort of little heartbeat going mm. on it's really yeah. effective yeah I just, I just don't think you can get past that diner scene either. I mean, that is just yeah, the two of them face to face is. What so do you think? Good. So, in the lead up to that scene, when Neil gets pulled over on the motorway, yeah, why does he agree to do it? Because he doesn't have to. Like, what's the rationale behind that happening? What, what, what's the rationale of Neil yeah, going? So with So Vincent him? takes a massive risk he chases him down the motorway pulls him over because he's got the power of arrest he's a policeman he has to pull over yeah and he invites him for this meetup yeah because the power is kind of in both of their hands though because neil also knows he has the power to pull me over but he doesn't have the power to arrest me right now yeah he has has nothing he has nothing on him that's the whole that's why like neil has such a confidence around it because he can sit there with him and then he knows that he's pulling him away from but do you think it's a moment of weakness for neil because really he shouldn't be giving vincent anything like is it just is it Neil kind of just his interest getting the better of him and wanting to know the man behind the mask? No, I Vincent? don't think so because I don't think I don't think Neil is ever like his whole thing throughout the film is that he's not really in it for the thrill, like really for the thrill of it. I don't think and the only time he lets emotion get the better of him is at the end of the film. So is it more like Neil just saying, "Can you just let this slide? Like I'm just a normal guy, just trying to live my dream." I think, it's and a, I don't even want to do this for very long. I, do you know what I think? It's a very, I think it's more so it's a very old fashioned, it's a respect thing. In a, like, I'm the cop, you're the robber, we can sit down and they sit down face to face and they have this conversation. Because that's the whole point of the conversation is, is that it's just two people who say to one another, well, if it comes to, if it was, Sheena says, you know, if it comes between you and some woman who you want to make a, a widow, I know who I'm going to choose. And then De Niro says the same thing, you know, if it comes between me, you know, you and me getting away. Mm. I know who I choose. I it's think that, it's just that sets up the final scene yeah. incredibly well. And quite early on in the film as well. 
It's, it's quite a long film. It's long. Every it's time I watch it, I'm more surprised. Hours, yeah, yeah, it's about two two forty five. Definitely earns its length. That film. Yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel laboured at any point because mm. it, it kind of like interjects with really good kind of because the the bank robbery in L.A. The, like the main bank robbery scene is probably after about like an hour and 45, two hours. You still have mm-hmm. almost an hour yeah. to go in the film after that's happened. Whereas normal, like normally that would be like the set piece that kind of ends the film and then they get chased down. But actually there's a lot more then still to go. The scene that always pops up in my head when I think of Heat is the attempted suicide of Vincent's stepdaughter. And I think that's just a testament to like how the kind of the tangential side stories are amazing. Mm. And like the and the conversation... Vincent has with his new partner with the mother of that girl like in the hospital it's really deep and Mm. yeah it's amazing going back to that diner scene I do think there's a lot of foreshadowing there in terms of what's up yeah what's going to happen in the end because because you mentioned that isn't Neil a bit weak for you know sitting down with um Vincent but at the same time if you remember Vincent also opens up and talks about his flaws and how he basically has no life and he has fucked up everything mm. and he has nothing left to lose because he's going to take him down no matter what. And in response to that, if you remember, uh, Neil goes, um, I'm not going to go back no matter what, referring yeah, to, prison. to prison. And then, I mean, we can talk about the final scene. The, the final like line of the film is actually a callback to what he told him from in the diner. So uh, let's jump to the final scene, which is essentially a culmination of the cat and mouse game between Neil and Vincent. Uh, does anyone want to set up the failed bank robbery thing, what happens there? Because I think this is what kind of sets up the final scene, like what went wrong there, who died. There's kind of like a big, there's like a big chain of events to kind of get to it, isn't there? Because Wayne Grow goes to Danny Trejo's character who mm-hmm. at, we see him before the bank robbery and tells he's the driver he tells Neil I can't make it I'm being followed then Neil goes to find him after everything goes wrong because the police show up a little bit before they probably should have and he then goes to find him he's almost dead it was Wayne Grow who did it and then it all kind of leads back to the original person that was robbed yeah. at the start of the film <laughs> yeah. that they robbed that they robbed the bank and tried to trade the money back to them and then that leads to the death of Tom Sizemore's character dies mm-hmm. during the bank robbery. Val Kilmer gets shot, but he's not killed. Uh, the driver dies as well. Yeah, who it spills just, out into the street. Yeah. It's very, very messy. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the police are killed in it. A couple of them are shot. Amazing sound design mm-hmm. in that it's, big gun battle. It's so loud. My God, yeah. it's incredible. <laughs> Jesus. And then eventually on the way, Neil goes and... So, uh, wastes Wayne Grove. <laughs> yeah, so like John Voight, is, who's kind of, is like the fixer character for them, has has finally gotten Neil his out. He has to go to the airport and on the way there, he's supposed to be going, he's supposed to be getting away, running away from it and, you know. And there's that very poignant the scene where uh, uh, Neil's girlfriend is waiting in the car yeah. outside Wayne Grove's hotel and uh, Neil's about to get into it and as he's going to get into the car, the police come towards him. He sees Vincent, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just looks, looks away from his girlfriend and walks away. And that's well, because that's the thing, isn't it? What is it? His, his. I think he says it twice in the film. Is his that maxim. his maxim is never, have, never have anything in your life that when the heat is, when the heat shows up, you can't walk away from in ninety seconds. That's the yeah, thirty seconds flat. Or thirty seconds yeah. flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last episode we talked about you know people that you wanted to get away with at the end. Mm. At the end of that film, all I want is for De Niro's character <laughs> to ride off into the sunset. Yeah. Oh, that's all I want. 
all I want is that to happen. Yeah. I, I want him to not go and get Wayne Grow because it's not fucking worth it. It's not worth mm. it. You could finally be happy. When he makes that indication on the on the freeway. He just so pulls like, across yeah. the road. Oh, man, you're just uh. like, fucking no. Oh. So I'm good. still Team Pacino. I'm glad you got him. Really? Yeah. But like, oh. to, be, to be fair, they're, I bo- love they're both Pacino, loves. And it's they're one of those loves. ones, like, I feel like in films like that where I feel for the bad guy, it's because I hate the good guy because he's a bit of a too much of a goody two-shoes or something like that. Whereas Pacino's character is just so wild. Dude, you know? if, if, if the film had ended with Neil winning and Pacino dying, I wouldn't have enjoyed the film. I would have had a completely different feeling about it. So what happens? So we have, so he kills Wayne Grove. Yeah. He's and walking back. He's, he's walking set off back. the fire alarm in the hotel. So there's all these police and, you know, like firemen. And he's walking towards the car. And Vincent has arrived at the hotel. Yeah, he's mm. kind of like one step ahead of him. He finds him at the hotel. And he sees the car. Vincent sees the car sitting in the alleyway. And while everybody's running, he sees this woman sitting in a car. And he kind of goes, I don't think he knows her. I don't think he no, knows who he she just, is. He just has a hunch. Maybe he recognizes the car, but yeah. he just has a hunch. And he looks at her and he goes, what's that about? And starts walking towards her. And that's when Neil walks out dressed as a security guard. Yeah. And he sees him. And as you say, Simon, there's that look between the two of them. And he just runs. He's gone into the crowd. And that's when they run. Then this mad scene, it turns Yeah, they into managed to run into run across an airfield. airfield. Airport, which yeah. Is and having like a shootout across. Like yes. while Pacino's running behind a plane and stuff like that, which I'm almost certain you just get blown over. <laughs> like walking I, behind a jumbo jet, you get blown into next week. I am certain that they chose that location purely because they could access it or whatever like I thought that was the only location available I don't think there's any logical like meaning behind choosing an airport runway for it it works so well yeah. it works and it works because it, it's it very pl- the, the way they get into the it it's yeah. quite plausible like the, I know now you'd think oh how high security airports are but then it probably yeah quite easy to get yeah, and you think about it as well how like the different the, like the lights and the movement of the shadows of the planes really right. plays into that final scene where they, the two of them are kind of moving around these, like, I don't know if they're like electricity, like mm-hmm. these, like, they're Pallets like huts or something, something like yeah. that. And they're moving around and Vincent's kind of out in the open. And Neil, are, are they um, baggage uh, things? That they, you know, those baggage cars drag around, isn't it? Those? There's at yeah. one point they're running through those, but when he actually get they go through those and then there's these kind of like, they're like almost like brick, little brick hut things. Or kind of what, they look like, you know, you don't know, they like electricity boxes. Transformers. Inside them, yeah, transformers inside them. And Neil's hiding behind one and he's about to pop out and shoot him. <laughs> and then I think it's a pl- either a plane goes over and you get this this pulling shadow across and it brings Neil's shadow out from behind. Mm. And that's when you get a nice slow-mo of Pacino going, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and, he's and, it's, and he's um, shooting blind, isn't he? He's yeah. just using the shadow. Yeah, yeah. And he gets him to the test. Uh, yeah. Kind of like wounds him very badly. And then, yeah, Neil falls to the ground uh, and Vincent sitting, approaches yeah, him. And the piano in the background is like starting to loop. That yeah. piano loop yeah. is amazing. And then they hold, he holds his hand, which is amazing. Yeah. It's, just, it's, such, it's such a like a, like so, that's so, the final kind of piece of respect between, like it's almost so like he, Pacino's yeah. going, right, okay. Well, like almost like a race, a race well run, you know, he's like, he's almost shaking his hands as to be like, listen, we both knew it was going to be one of us in the end fucking hell it was a good run you know he's almost remorseful I, th- I think in like but i wonder if pacino thinks in another life they'd have probably been friend like it could have been one on the other side you know what i mean right yeah of course like it could very easily yeah. have been the tables yeah. a turn or they could have been both on the same side yeah. or you know they just so happened that they came up against one another like the perfect match and i think the hand holding um comes right after neil says to vince um i told you i wasn't going back and yeah. Vin, yeah, Vince goes, yeah, 
as in like we are aligned, we're in agreement. Let's do this. It's over. Um, I w- it's not like a, I want you lost sort of thing. It's more like this is life, and this is what we signed up for, mm. really. Yeah. To the um, death. Yeah. So I mean, the the Moby song in the end is just inc- like so fitting. It's just like incredible because, and the, I love how it cuts to black, like from just that one shot incredible like final show like i I want it as a painting to be honest it's definitely one of those endings where you sit in silence for a moment and you can't talk yeah like generally sat there being like okay you kind of feel like you've been through an ordeal like like that last especially that that last like two or three minutes when they're kind of when the cat and mouse chasing one another out you're like holding my breath myself Mm. being like oh god if i breathe he's gonna die yeah (laughs) he's gonna shoot him my breathing can directly affect the outcome of this film directly affect the outcome of this film that's 28 years old (laughs) is it really yeah 95 yeah yeah 28 years old uh, okay, question number one, obvious question for the final show. Why does Neil hold Vincent's hand? Like, why does he make that? A, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like a handshake. It's like a, well done, listen. Well, he, I, think also, it's a, I think it's a, it's almost like a, you almost want to be like, you got me. Hmm. You got me. That was it. I think, I, I do wonder what's going through Neil's head at that point as well, because it's like, is he happy in that death? You know, he's gotten Wayne Grow, but at the expense of himself and mm-hmm. his life. And, you know, there's so many kind of, there's actually a lot of loose ends for Neil, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The woman he leaves behind, Val Kilmer's character, Val Kilmer's wife and his mm-hmm. son, right. John Voight's character. There's so many loose ends for him. Whereas Chris's wife is clever. Yes. Yeah. Very, the scene very where, she, where, she, yeah. where she kind of moves him along. Yeah. And the police aren't properly concentrating, so they yeah. miss it. And and also the way when Chris drives away, he still has to get through a roadblock, and he manages yeah. to do it, he even has, though he's been shot. Yeah, because he's well, he's he's kind of cut his hair, and he's yeah. yeah. Um, I like I saw it. You know what? When I saw it in the sc- on the big on the big screen, when I, I didn't is this the f- have you seen this before? Yeah, okay. once once again. But I actually was on the very first time I was in a in the, in the cinema, not when it came out because I was five <laughs> but it was uh like a special screening like a 10 yeah. year anniversary or something like that oh, i'd love uh, to see it on the big yeah show. oh yeah and it's yeah it's such a treat but i remember when i watched it and i i remember that final scene being like oh isn't this what people do uh when they play against each other and it's the end of the game and they just like give each other a handshake yeah. or like a hug at the uh, as in like you know when you play yeah. with tennis with each other it's like at the end of the game if you're a good player and if you're not like an asshole you just give each other yeah. like a pat on the back or like a handshake. Pat and I almost, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I almost saw it as, you know, Neil saying, I, I'm i defeated and I'm yeah. going to, you play fair and square and I take I it with dignity. Ag- I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it was a good, good game. I think <laughs> it's this said. like inc- yeah. this incredible battle that's taken place over days and days and days and like, it's like when two tennis players at Wimbledon have to shake hands at the end of a mega battle. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's like after a hate you know each other. Each other. Yeah, it's a five-set decider on center court yeah. at like 11 p.m. and it's finally done. And it's sometimes like, when oh. there's a mega tantrum, they just one of them walks away and just does his bag and yeah. won't do it. But I think it's it's great because it's so many different points during the movie. That, like the power switches between. Right. It switches between Vincent and Neil, and mm. like you know, for a lot scene. of the time, Vincent's not looking good, is he? He just looks overworked. He's no. tired. They haven't got any leads. There's that big mistake where one of the officers bangs his gun on the um, the, on the, the container uh, that yeah, they're the container, in. and he just see, Natalie yeah, he just Portman sees it. suicide attempt. 
Yeah. Like his stepdaughters. Yeah, he's not having a great time. Whenever he whenever he feels it. like he's on top and he's got a lead or something, that's when kind of Neil because there's that scene as well where they they meet in the middle of all the shipping containers mm. they follow them there and they're all like why the fuck like what are we seeing mm. what are we seeing here and then vincent finally realizes we're not seeing anything they're seeing us and it was yeah, Neil. like that's, that's a fucking great scene and he's on top of the crane with the camera that's brit like the power changes so much and it's been this such a battle between the two of them that it is it's yeah. like do you ever get a sigh of relief from <laughs> do you ever get columbo vibes from neil uh, from um uh, Vincent. Vincent, yeah, you know the way he's always got like voice. messy jacket, like yeah. his office is all messy at work. Yeah, like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I'm gonna say it because I texted this to you, Ben, when we were chatting about he a couple of weeks back. He gives me Jared Leto has a yes. Gucci vibe sometimes. Yeah. Like, I was like, like, I think I remember texting you. He has the Jared Leto performance. <laughs> he does. <laughs> like, you know it's what? over the top. You, you enjoy it, but it's yeah, over the top. He, he, he's he's really over the top, but I think it's it's deserved at points because I think people like Jared Leto have done like people have done over the top performances when it's not necessarily warranted whereas whereas Vincent in that film is you kind of believe it because the guy's life is on such a fucking knife edge the whole time his marriage is pretty much ending he's having all these issues with his stepdaughter who's like who inevitably tries to kill herself and then all the while he's dealing with a let's not forget a serial killer who's on the loose like Wayne Grow they say in that scene after he kills the prostitute that this is like the third or fourth person he's killed and they're trying to figure out who it is and then he also has this bank robber who is basically a mirror image of him just on the other side of the line like it's kind of believable that this guy every now and again is just like he's he just kind of snapped like the ass scene. With yeah, Hank, she's got a Han- great ass. With Hank Azaria where he just like snaps and just kind of starts screaming and shouting. It's it's deserved, I would say. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the only thing I would say, and I think I would like to go back to Patina's filmography from that era because I'm, I'm thinking of Scent of a Woman. Yeah, yes. also like that was exactly what I was thinking incredibly of. Incredibly over the, he just shouted and I'm like, dude, you're, you're blind. You're, you're, you're hearing is fine. Oh God. <laughs> so I don't know if you, because he wasn't like that in The that's Godfather. That's a good hangover film. That yeah, that's a great, before. that's a great hangover film. Wait, I hate the name of it. Yeah. Dreadful name for a film. Yeah. It's so <laughs> bad. It's, it's awful. For won't... what it is a film about a blind lawyer. It's like, um, oh. no, dude, no. the worst thing about this film is that actually Patina got his first Oscar. And I'm like, of all yeah. films, oh, yeah. you've been in. That was that was in the era of Oscars where you had to do like a disability, and they're like, oh yeah, you yeah. did a stutter yeah. or a limp yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they got my left foot, uh, Daniel Day Lewis. My yeah. Left foot. yeah, that's so funny. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. Do I enjoyed a disability. <laughs> Instant Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one uh, one other thing that I wanted to get your take on was um, so we we talked about the kind of like deliberate slow pacing of the final sequence up until that, you know, ultimate climax where Neil gets shot. Do, because it was very interesting for me having, not having watched it in a very long time, I almost didn't remember what was going to happen. And I remember because of that pacing that it took a while, like they were kind of, Vince was chasing Neil for a long time. Mm. That kind of affected how emotionally invested I was in the outcome. As in, I was like, oh, I'm enjoying this so much that I want this to end. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. can they just keep chasing each other forever? How would you feel? <laughs> how would you feel if it had ended where he goes to? Sh- they go to shoot one another, and it just 
pulls the trigger and or, then cuts no. to black. Or, no, cuts yeah. to black soprano style. We don't know who lives. We don't know who dies. If you think of the, we make it up in our own mind. The rhythm yeah, before that's, that. That's a Nolan feel, ending. I know. That's yeah. exactly what yeah. I thought. That I was like, <laughs> so, if I was Nolan, he'd spin the disc. And yeah, exactly. Neither of them would die. <laughs> who knows? But you've just their had, bullets collide in midair. Oh Whoa! <laughs> the, the viewers just had like the satisfaction of Wayne Grow getting blown away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, out of that scene, they've got to then build the tension straight back up into like, okay, we've had a treat. Wayne Grow's yeah. been killed. And now we need to go find out what it happens ramps here. Ramps back up. Yeah. And it's like yeah. that's what that film does really well. It like just builds up tension, releases it, builds, release, build, release, like all the way through, yeah. but in different ways. Because that's it. There's so, as I say, there's so many bits in the film where you where I found myself almost holding my breath, just mm. being like. Like, it's the, like ba- um, the bank robbery scene's the same. Like, yeah. as soon as they walk into that bank to the end of that shootout on the on the highway, which is probably like 15, 10, 15, like it's a really yeah. long set piece from the start to finish, whole time, just like edge of my seat. Like, and that's that's mm-hmm. hard to do. Like, that's really mm-hmm. difficult to do. Like, action movies are, are constantly striving to do that. And it's really difficult. Whereas, like, there's so many moments in heat where I'm just like... That shootout on the road outside the bank in LA, that's the moment where I really was wondering if I could still root for Neil even slightly because they shoot so many policemen. Yeah. It's like, actually, bank robbing isn't cool. Like, yeah. loads yeah. of, like, people with families have just been killed. Like, they're nothing. Do you know what? I, I generally, watching it, thought how how exhilarating that must have been to film that. to Like, to be an actor in that position, going, like, to try and film that scene, walking up the street, firing the gun, so much noise, so much to go on. For someone like De Niro, whose character has to be cool calm the whole time to be able to do that is like obviously mm-hmm. his performance in the film is amazing anyway but to have that calmness through all the chaos of all that other shit and still be the guy that everybody looks to okay this is what neil's doing we know where to go he knows what to do is insane yeah so good exactly yeah great direction great direction great performances great music and I, I stunning facial hair. <laughs> That's true. So when I when I rewatched the film, I realized that Scorsese probably was inspired by Heat to make The Departed. Yeah, like as in the pacing, mm. the idea of like that's a really good fu- comparison. Like actually. futility, like inevitable, like even the ending, which is very straightforward. In the end, what's his face? I don't. Matt Damon gets Mark shot by, and yeah, Damon. by Mark Wahlberg. It's like. This is what was always supposed to happen, you yeah. know. When I think it's exactly what's the mo- morale of like and it's heat, inevitable in a way, yeah. Which yeah. is like law yeah. wins over crime, but at what cost, you know? I think that's yeah. the questions. Like it's not black and white, and there are no yeah. winners or because yeah, the body count in the film is huge. Like, <laughs> so many people get killed in that movie, exactly. get killed or like assaulted or like because don't forget that he also goes and kills the. He also goes and kills the banker who sent Wayne Girl after them before that. So yeah. That's the first person Neil goes after. Oh, yeah, in his uh, mega posh yeah. house. Wow. Yeah. And Neil's so ruthless about that stuff. Yeah. He just throws the thing to the window, asks him where he is. And, like, normally in movies like that, you get a bit of, like, there'll be a bit of dialogue or he'd get, they get really emotional or something like that. And all he does is ask him where he is and then shoots him. And then even with Wayne Girl, he's just like, look me in the, look at me, look at me. Bang, and that's it. And that's done. That's no, a nutter. Yeah, that's, true. that's why. He deserved that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, cool. I think we saw the ending again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining me once again. Uh, thank you for all your great answers. Here's to never walking out of a film again. Or yeah. maybe do. I wouldn't I have walked know. out of heat. I tell you that. If I oh, see no. Stay until the end of the credits. <laughs> because I wouldn't know were what you, to do. Were you wishing there was a post-credit oh, sequence? God, oh, wishful yeah. thinking. Where like Neil's hand comes out of a grave and then it turns into an <laughs> Evil Dead movie. <laughs> like post-credit scene. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, it's like Val. It's like the end of Point Break. Val Kilmer surfing, and uh, so oh, yeah. <laughs> they just recreate the end of Point Break. Val Kilmer surfing, yeah. and uh, was it Vince? Uh, Vince comes to find him on the beach. That's so funny. ACU Kids Cinematic Universe. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to do Point Break. Fuck. What a movie. I'll be up for that. We should. Another I'd, bank robbery movie. I would love that. I mean. I mean, it's not the next episode, but we'll do it. <laughs> it's happening. I mean, it's going to be like a summer. Uh, yeah, yes. summer episode. Summer blockbuster episodes. Come on. Perfect. Cool. Uh, as always, if you listen this far, take a second to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. And if you're as big of a fan as Michael Mann as we are, share this episode on your stories and the movie group chat. Come back in two weeks for the final scene of Spirited Away, our first Animation, right? And anime at the same time. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's exciting. Until next time, stay cool. Goodbye. Oh, look, a message from our sponsor. Did you like it? Did you like that? Did I like it? I loved it. I, I had no idea you could milk a cat. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>